Hi, I'm Debbie Georgettis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today, we're going to talk about American Repression Begins, Parlor Can Be Resurrected, Impeachment is Unrelated to the Riots, and Where the Left is Headed. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. And hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I call this segment American Repression Begins. I just want to do a very brief overview of what I'm talking about. We'll be talking about a lot during the show today. And you know, I'll tell you that I do this show, as you know, if you're a regular listener, four days a week, Monday through Thursday, 3 p.m. Central Time. I am passionate about preserving America, passionate about preserving the extraordinary idea of America, the founding freedoms of America, the Bill of Rights, the whole concept of a country where individuals live and assume when they wake up in the morning, they have the right to live in freedom, to not live under repressive government, and they assume they have the right to freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, freedom of religion, all the basic freedoms that make America, made America unique at the time the country was founded and make America unique today. We, this is a very, very serious time in America as we are here in the January, 2021. We're 10 days away, I assume, from the Biden uh, inauguration. And what we're watching happen, even though President Biden, uh, elect Biden, hasn't been sworn in, and I understand there are many people who are Trump supporters still saying, you know, somehow Trump may pull something off or a court may make some ruling that allows uh, to actually have a court, some court, finally look at the evidence related to election fraud. I understand all that thinking's out there. But what I really want to try to do today in this Deep Dive Monday, and I love Mondays, by the way, because I don't normally have a guest. I call it Deep Dive Monday because it will try to dive in on some topics a little more deeply when I can just be telling you and showing you the ideas I'm talking about. But it's a very somber and a very serious time in this country because the left is deeply emboldened, radically emboldened to make major, major changes, not just legislative changes or uh, tax rate changes or you know, slight policy changes, they are gearing up for a radical beginning of the fundamental transformation and reigniting of the fundamental transformation away from America the founding, America rooted in liberty, and toward what the left wants, which is a radically government-controlled society. The loss of individual freedom and a whole host of ways in which I truly believe the however many million people actually voted for Biden had no intention of choosing. They did not choose the agenda that is about to be inflicted on America. So I want to talk about some of the repression. Um, you likely know if you follow social media at all that the app Parler was taken down today. Parler, P-A-R-L-E-R, or as my friend Katie Hopkins, who is British and went over to Parler because she was banned on Twitter, went to Parler and she points out, you know, it's actually the French verb parler, the, to speak. And so parler, if you are, are a European or Parler in America, taken down. And 
Parler was the place where many conservatives were going to, did move, didn't begin migrating their social media activity away from Twitter because Twitter is so, uh, censors people and moved it, moved their uh, activity, their, essentially their, their American political conversation away from Twitter over to Parler. Uh, now Parler completely shut down. Many, many people thrown off just in the last you know, since the uh, government decided last Wednesday, the Congress decided to certify the election of Joe Biden, you've had the militant, leftist, repressive, tyrannical mindset emboldened. There's nothing standing in their way right now to do whatever it is they want to do. So you had, for example, on Twitter, you had President Trump permanently taken off. You had Lieutenant General Michael Flynn taken off, Sidney Powell taken off. I mean, all of these conservative voices, leading conservative voices, and in America, you know, throughout my lifetime, there have been maybe you know, years ago, decades ago, people who wanted to find the news could go to essentially three of the main networks, television networks, turn on the evening news, that's all they did. And they could buy or subscribe to newspapers. And that's where they got their news. But as America has progressed, as we have become more technological, we have many, many sites available online. And most people, I would guess the vast majority of people, gather their news from the internet. They go to various sources to read stories, to read um, that they have you know, websites dedicated to issues, uh, dedicated to politics generally, dead, and, and pretty much the leftist websites or conservative websites, one or the other. But people rely on the internet, and they rely particularly on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube and other social media platforms to actually communicate, to engage in that fundamental freedom of America to, for the exchange uh, of exchange of political ideas, political expression. This is where we go to rely on that. And so there was a great piece up by um, Clarice Feldman on American Thinker where she called it uh, the night of the tech long knives, pointing out what social media did. They went on a rampage since the congressional decision to confirm Biden's uh, electoral college victory, the uh, social media giants, the censors have gone on a rampage taking down people off of Twitter or cutting their number of followers. They wake up and say, oh my gosh, all of a sudden I've lost a million followers or more than a million followers. So we've had you know, the president of the United States, or the still president of the United States as of today, uh, banned from Twitter, taken off Twitter, Parler's gone, uh, Facebook is more and more repressing people and taking people down. And so what you're starting to see is the beginning of how it feels to live in a nation ruled by tyranny. That is not the slightest, in the slightest, an exaggeration. It's the beginning of seeing what a nation feels like to live in tyranny. because. The political leaders of various kinds cannot speak. They cannot be heard. They don't have the normal avenues of communication everyone counts on are simply not available to them. And this is, I understand, and I obviously I get, I'm a lawyer by background. I understand the First Amendment is directed at protecting citizens against government repression of speech. We're gonna to get to this in a moment, talking about parlor. But what you're seeing is all of the leftist mindset in this country, whether that leftist mindset resides in Silicon Valley, in the large uh, social media companies, whether it resides in government, whether it resides in academia, uh, in the media, every source of the left-wing source is just control of America's media. What you're finding is that same mindset that says, not just 
we have left-wing views and we'd like to persuade you to agree with our left-wing views, what they're saying is, we have left-wing views and no other views may be expressed. No other countervailing viewpoints have the right to speak. This is the message of the tyranny we're starting to see and is already growing. And this is what many people, including uh, yours truly, tried to warn about over the last several years was how radically, tyrannically repressive the American left has turned, what they have become, and what we could foresee would occur were the left to win everything that they now apparently have won, have control of the White House, the Senate, in the House, and even though President Trump succeeded in getting many conservative justice, justices into the federal court bench, we still have an overwhelming number of leftist judges who displayed their leftism throughout the battle over election integrity. So we're, we're looking at a, if you're a citizen who loves freedom, even if you just love the basic idea of the American political conversation, the debate on issues of all kinds, even if that's what you love, what you're starting to see is this will not be tolerated in America anymore. We are in a very, very dangerous, already over the cliff, slipping into tyrannical government in this country, aided and abetted by the social media companies, uh, broadly speaking, the media in this country, the CNN, ABC, NBC, Washington Post, New York Times, the whole, the whole lot of them now feel like there's nothing stopping them from the leftist agenda they have in mind. As a very little point, I mentioned uh, people being taken off parlor and all that, or parlor is gone, uh, other social media sites being gone. Um, I want to mention about this show. I have something like 65,000 followers on YouTube, uh, 35,000 on Facebook, something like that. I cannot urge you strongly enough. If you like this show, please go to rumble.com. We are moving the show away from the social media censors, moving to platforms that will still allow free speech rumble.com and when you go there to find this show the way i spell out my show name america can we talk you have to put it in precisely america can we talk all one word and the first letter of each word capitalized find this show on rumble subscribe to it now because that may be the only place we end up at rumble.com I had started creating a parlor account. They've been wiped out by, the, by this just massive tyrannical onset of repression in America. Uh, we're probably going to be moving to another website called Gab, G-A-B, Gab.com. Still allow um, free speech and people to have the expression, the you know, exchange of ideas that is the hallmark of what used to be understanding Western civilization and free speech. But Rumble.com, go there, go to Gab.com. We're looking at Minds, M-I-N-D-S.com, Minds.com. And if you, even if you love following the show on, on Twitter or Facebook or YouTube and you still go there and the show is still there, great. But please get ready for this. And the last important thing on this point of remaining, just holding on to free speech is go to my website, americacanwetalk.org, americacanwetalk.org. On my website, you can watch my show live. You can see the show live at americacanwetalk.org. And why I think that's so important and why I urge you to do that is because at least as of now, we have control over the content of this website. Right now, if you want to be listening to the show on the website, what you do is go to americacanwetalk.org and then backslash live. And if the show is on, as it is now, you can watch it there. But please get yourself used to find the show in other places. 
uh, because you're not probably going to be able to find it. I don't know what's going to happen with this show. Um, I am, I am, I am vehemently against government repression of speech and against the social media giants shutting down the American political conversation. It's an outrage. It's time for Americans to fight back against that. One last quick thing in this first five today uh, that is on the subject of repression, just a small point, but you talk about, in addition to all the media outlets, it's also many corporations, many businesses, they feel pressured by the left, they hear very little from the right, and so corporate America, far more likely to buy into leftist pressure, surrender to leftist pressure. So Senator Josh Hawley, one of the few senators who spoke up and opposed the fraudulent election of 2020, Senator Hawley had a book that was supposed to come out in June of this year, Simon & Schuster, a very big book publisher. And the book, of all ironic things, was about media censorship and the social media giants, the tech giants, censoring speech. His book was supposed to come out in June. Simon & Schuster had signed on. They're all on a path. And because Josh Hawley dared to say, I think we had a problem this election. I think we need to not certify some of these electors from states that had fraudulent elections. Simon & Schuster announced they're not going to publish his book after all. Now, he'll get it published somewhere else probably. But when I tell you that this overarching sense, the beginning of repression in America, it is here. It's not next week. It's not next year. It's may, not maybe in six months. It's already happening. A book publisher that has published plenty of books for liberal outlets plenty of books for liberal individuals, uh, very Marxist type people. They'll publish those. Josh Hawley dared to speak up on behalf of election integrity and his book was canceled by Simon Schuster. So wrapping up the first five, I just want to say I'm trying to raise the alarm bell and give you examples and encourage you to understand how important it is in America for the individual citizen to fight back in all sorts of ways to demand that we still be the America that respects and honors the First Amendment and the basic core notion of an America founded on and rooted in the promise of freedom for the individual. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. My next topic I want to hit on today uh, is this parlor can be resurrected. And again, if you're listening to this and you're thinking that you don't really care that much about parlor because you don't listen to parlor, so you know, what the heck, what difference does it make to you? It really is important to understand that a lot of people, um, they go to places like parlor and Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and they read things to formulate their ideas, to understand what's happening. When you have, and it's not necessarily straight out news, although much of it is news, but much of it is thoughtful opinion, that the opinions and thoughts of people who spend a lot of time thinking about preserving America, about policies, about how policies will impact America in the future. When you see parlor shut down, what that message is to the American thinker, to the American person, the individual is, you know, you don't have the right to hear the viewpoints of the people who moved over to Parler, the conservatives who left Twitter because they were being suppressed there, moved to Parler. What Parler and the big tech giants are saying to America is, you don't have the right to hear anything. You don't have the right to hear these stories. You don't have the right to hear the opinions of the conservatives in this country who use these outlets to share the ideas with the American people. Everybody should care that Parler got shut down. And so I want to tell you about this Parler shutting down, just share a thought about it. You hear many people, even sadly conservatives, 
falling for the argument, well, you know, Facebook, Google, YouTube, uh, all of these people, and Parler, they're all private companies. And the First Amendment does not apply to private companies, and that is true. The First Amendment of the Constitution is there to protect the rights of citizens against government suppression. So Parler, not being part of the government, they said, well, okay, they're a private company, they can do that. We've had this kind of experience and conversation in America before, um, and, it, what, and it had to do with the same arguments were made back in the era of civil rights, when people in the South, the Democrat-controlled South, I should point out, but people in the South, in the segregated South, made the argument, okay, you know, maybe in Washington you want to say equal rights for all, but private businesses, restaurants, hotels, grocery stores, all sorts of businesses. These are private businesses and they can do whatever they want. So they don't have to agree with you in Washington and your whole desegregation effort. This is the argument was made back at the time of the civil rights movement, where they say basically saying, you know, so the government can stop segregation, they can stop racism, but private businesses ought to be able to discriminate if they want to. Private businesses ought to be able to still say, even in the end, after we're having ending segregation, and maybe, you know, we're going to integrate the public schools, private businesses ought to be able to say, sorry, we only serve and then, you know, pick your blank. We only serve, we do not serve black citizens. We do not allow black citizens to come into our business. This was the argument, again, of the Democrats in the South, in the segregated South. And part of what the civil rights uh, movement did, it included a portion, Title II, where it was about a public accommodations. And it was saying, actually, no. We in Washington, in passing Title VII, in ending discrimination, we are going to end discrimination. We are going to outlaw discrimination on the, on the part of private businesses. Again, restaurants, hotels, stores, public businesses. And Title VII said, if you're a public business, and meaning you open your doors to the public and people can come in to your business, you cannot discriminate based on race. So they outlawed racial discrimination and gender and religion, national origin, skin color, all of that. They outlawed it under Title VII for private businesses and said, you know what? You can't be in business. You cannot have a restaurant, store, business, hotel, you know, whatever, you know, bed and breakfast. You can't have any of those things you cannot be allowed to function as a public business if you discriminate based on race. So my argument back to Parler and in America today is we need to expand this in, the, in Title VII or some other law. We need to say if you're a public business, which clearly Twitter, Parler, all of them, Facebook are, you cannot discriminate based on ideology. You cannot ban people because they're conservative. You cannot have viewpoint discrimination. We need to expand the same idea that the Title VII embraced back in the era when we were passing, in the 1960s, passing this kind of law saying that said, you know what, even though the Constitution, and, and the analogy is the Constitution protects free speech, and so therefore the government cannot discriminate uh, against people because of their speech and their viewpoints, Neither should any public business be able to do that. We need to expand this idea, whether or not it's in legislation or just massive public pressure. These social media giants are saying to America, we can discriminate based on ideology. What Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Parler, what they're all saying to America is, we can discriminate 
based on ideology, based on political beliefs, and you can't do a thing about it. We can shut you down, we can ban you, we can limit you, and you can't do anything about it. The American people need to rise up against this, and Congress, if they were actually run by patriotic Americans, instead of today's radical Marxist Democrat party, would join hands and say, yeah, actually, Parler, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, you cannot discriminate based on ideology. That's one argument I want all of us to be spreading around. Why do these organizations who are alleged public accommodations, they are made available to the public, millions of people join these all of these social media platforms. They should not be allowed to discriminate based on ideology. They should be told, you can't be in business. We're closing you down, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, etc., as public companies, unless you let all viewpoints in. Now, I understand, even if you got that understanding, if you got that passed in a law, or you had every American on board agreeing with that and pressure on these companies, I understand you still can't really protect free speech that way because you're going to have companies say, well, we have to protect against, you know, uh, dangerous things. We, what, what if someone's putting out on Twitter, you know, how to build a bomb? Can't we, can't we protect against that? What if someone's putting out, you know, urging a, you know, some horribly violent, uh, you know, racist kind of, of thing or urging some sort of bad violence? There's going to be always some ability to limit speech when they, it is actually inciting danger, inciting a riot. But, but what Twitter took down, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube took down, was just basic American political conversation, including among the most important topics that have been just completely censored by the media, um, is the question of what happened in the 2020 elections. How much fraud was there? Where was the fraud? Can it be proven? And as you know, if you listen to my show, the courts will not even allow America to look at that. The courts are, are ruling in every case involving election fraud. They're ruling on procedural grounds. They're ruling on, hey, um, you know what? Well, I think this was premature. Uh, Latches filed, filed too late. Uh, no standing. Some other argument that is procedural in nature and no court in America has yet looked at the massive evidence of election fraud. So all of these social media platforms are the way that Americans can communicate and tell each other what is happening. So I, I love that kind of expansion. Um, I think, you know, I, I love these new social media outlets and want them to grow. I, I mean, I, I think having a variety of them is great, but I also think for the same reason America figured out back in the civil rights era that we had to actually prevent, outlaw, make illegal, discrimination by restaurants, hotels, etc., cetera, uh, discriminate against people based on their skin color, race, ethnicity, and all that. We need to make it illegal for the social media companies to discriminate against individuals because of their political beliefs. We've got to take that stand. That's the way to go on this issue, not simply surrender to what uh, the media is trying to do, what these social media giants are trying to do. And you really think about it, though, I want uh, just another thought about this. What Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all the social media giants are really saying, they're saying, we get to decide who can speak. We get to decide who can be heard. We get to decide what the American people know about. This is tyrannical level conduct. This is what happens 
in, for example, countries run by Islamic jihadists, where they have set in place the only things you're allowed to say, everything, everything you say, every uh, word you utter, your speech and your actions and your lives must be consistent with some radical interpretation or just with what the Quran says. And so people get arrested in Islamic countries that, that have countries that follow Sharia, that require Sharia. You have people repressed, locked up, jailed, put to death over words, over statements they make inconsistent with what the government says Sharia requires. We don't want that to be America. It's not okay in any country. It's actually horrible. That's true in any country. But this tyranny that is permitted in countries that have Islamic Sharia as in, in control of the society, in control of the country, they limit speech. And that is the way life is in those countries. You have no way around it. You have no way out. It's the same thing that happens in communist countries where the communist government decides what is permissible speech, what is not. You're always reading about arrests of people in Cuba, Venezuela, North Korea especially, China especially, people arrested for speech because they advocate, you know, I think X is true, I oppose this, I think this right should exist. People speaking up and encouraging other people to be engaged in politics, to, to take their view, embrace their view on some issue, in, in these horrific, repressive communist countries, you get arrested for what you say, you get arrested for what you encourage other people to do, and the consequence of that is not only that they destroy the freedom of individuals who live and speak freely, but they end up uh, just a, a, a smothering of the culture of freedom, a smothering of the people, because their people are afraid to speak and to say what they think, not just because they might be arrested, but because now the government has created a mindset, an attitude that everybody in the country knows, well, you're not allowed to advocate for this, you're not allowed to say this, you're not allowed to express this view, and you're not allowed to encourage people to stand up for their freedoms. So people are afraid of the government and they're afraid of each other. They're afraid of their neighbor. We had on the show, it was years ago, I think, but we had, I remember talking, we had a woman who'd been gone to Cuba, you know, Cuba is still communist, gone to Cuba to visit her family there. And she was trying to tell her people, her family in Cuba, uh, this story about, you know, um, something happening in America and the family members, this is actually a friend of mine I'm telling the story of, she went to visit her uh, older relatives in Cuba she actually had in Cuba, the, uh, her own family she's visiting, trying to say, well, here's what, what's allowed in America. Here's what we believe in, or whatever she's saying. And her relatives were turning up the music. They had a radio on, turn up the music, blasting, and, and signaling her, be quiet, be quiet, be quiet. You're not allowed to say that. The neighbors will hear. The neighbors, neighbors will report us. This is what happens. This is where you get headed. You talk about in America, you already have people concerned about speaking up against uh, COVID, speaking up against excessive COVID regulation, speaking up against the impending free speech limitations. And you have people starting to be worried what their neighbors might do. The neighbors might turn them in. People, we've got to recognize we're already starting down the path of tyranny in America. Um, just a just just a horrific horrific thing. Um, I do want to mention in terms of repression in America right now. What's happening in free speech? If you watched my show last Wednesday, January sixth, we had an interview with Maria Zach, 
and she's the founder of Nations in Action, and she is the one who came forward with the story on my show. Uh, we broke the story in the show last Wednesday, talking about how she had this affidavit. It was from an Italian court, a court in Italy, where the affidavit is actually spelling out that this, that the election in America, America's 2020 presidential election, was stolen by, uh, in, in great part, by the electronic manipulation of voter tabulation software. And this affidavit she brought forth on my show was to the effect that this employee of Leonardo SPA, a massive military contractor in Italy, very much like Lockheed Martin is in America, massive company, Leonardo has its own satellites, its own, it's a huge uh, military contractor, this guy has admitted in open court in Italy, he manipulated America's voting tabulation software. He flipped votes from Trump to Biden intentionally in sufficient numbers to throw the election to Biden. So the Marina Zach tells a story in my show, talks about the affidavit, and that interview, that was a show taken down by YouTube, uh, that sh entire show of January 6th. Just today, the Maria Zach interview that was still available on my YouTube page has been taken down. You can still get it at my website, americacanwetalk.org. We have the Maria Zach interview up. We have it up on rumble.com. But this is the kind of thing I'm talking about. People wanting to just tell their actual knowledge, their actual experience and knowledge. She's telling about what she did in Italy, who she worked with, how she came up with this affidavit. She tells a story. It's on her website, nationsinaction.com, I think. But the point is, this is the kind of repression I'm, I'm talking about that we all should care about. This is the social media giant saying, America is not entitled to hear their fellow citizens tell them what they've learned and what they know. Americans don't get to know this. You aren't allowed to. And it does the, the usual language of YouTube, you know, violated community standards. All she did was tell what she knew from her own experience. She shared an affidavit, which has, by the way, made its, hand, made its way to many people in Congress. It's made its way, the Republican Party is aware of it. It's made, that it was a huge show. It had, I don't even know, remember, 650,000 views, some crazy thing. And uh, it was taken down by social media. And you know, you, I gotta tell you a couple other things about this whole social media conduct. Number one is, what happens often when social media does that is, more people get curious and say, well, why was that taken out? What was that story? So it gets up other places. And I've, I've, I'm literally at the point, I'll tell you, I have thousands of emails from people saying, hey, they took the interview down. Where can I find it? How do I get it? So you can still hear the interview on my, my website, americacanwetalk.org. It's on the homepage. Click on Maria Zach. You can hear the interview. You can go to the, uh, our blog on our website and you can find a description of what happened and a link to the actual affidavit uh, from the Italian court. You can still see those things. But I just want you to keep thinking about the idea. I, I beg of you to keep thinking about the idea. When social media says, you can't hear this fellow citizen, you can't hear facts or data, or even if you want to say they, you know, this isn't proven yet. We don't have, you know, we don't have proof. We don't have a signed uh, admission by the Italian court. We don't have, and whatever it is they would say would be enough. 
the argument that you don't get to hear what a fellow citizen has uncovered, what she's willing to go public saying, what she's willing to go public laying out there for America, you're really being told the American people are not entitled to hear the speech of their fellow citizens. That we, the social media, you know, the ruling class elite, the Washington ruling class elite, others, the social media, big tech, you know, big media types will decide what you can hear and will decide what you can't hear. And that's what is actually happening. So I also just, um, I'd be really clear, I did not take it down from YouTube. I, I happily had it up. I would have left it there. But you can find it not only on our website, but also on Rumble. Again, get used to going to Rumble. Get used to going to my website, americacanwetalk.org. Go to rumble.com. And again, you got to do my show name, America Can We Talk, all as one word with the first letter of each word capitalized. America Can We Talk, that's how you find it in Rumble. And then, and if you actually, if you subscribe to our weekly newsletter, I really urge you to start doing this. This is becoming extremely important. Subscribe to my weekly newsletter because you'll get links to everything I've done. I'm not taking anything down from social media. I, I want it to be there. I'd rather have the conversation and, I, and, and let everyone read what they want to read, understand what they want to understand, and come to their own conclusions. I will say there are many people who are rightly saying that there is a lot of uh, conspiracy theory flying around out there. A lot of stories about, oh, Trump's going to do this, and, and or you know the military is going to do that, or the Insurrection Act. I don't really know. I, I don't have any knowledge about that, so I'm not going to tell you that I do and understand there are conspiracy theories flying around out there. And I don't like them. I'm extremely careful on this show. I am dedicated to truth. So I'm extremely careful on this show to not run stories, even though they might seem to help the conservative cause or might seem to make the left look bad. I don't run those kind of stories because it's wrong. I try to verify what I put on the show. Um, obviously, um, you know, I, I'm not a uh, journalistic reporter, but I'm very careful about the points I make, the stories I share, the information I share. And I brought Maria Zach on this show because I do know the organization Nations in Action. I do know one of the top people there. I have talked to Maria on the phone in the past. I, I know what this entity is, or I wouldn't have put it on my show. It's reliable, it's true, and you can find it on the places I mentioned. Okay, so uh, one last quick thing and just kind of shutting that, responding to what's happening to Parler is um, Devin Nunes, kind of one of the heroes of the conservative movement today, the congressman from California, he has called on the Department of Justice and the FBI to launch a RICO investigation over Parler. RICO, you know, Racketeering Influence Corruption Act. He's actually saying, um, you know, that we, there should be an investigation of big tech stifling new social media uh, platform parlor. And so he's got his whole argument with there. I, he's exactly right, that should happen. Uh, but the idea and the present environment we have in Washington and the present uh, composition of uh, you know, Congress and uh, the White House and who's gonna be uh, apparently running the White House, um, there is very, very little uh, chance that any investigation will actually take place or certainly that it will, will uh, produce anything because uh, we are, we are, this, is, <laughs> this is a problem I've been trying to warn you about because we now have government controlled in Washington at every level by the Marxist left. That's who's in control. That's why they're doing the kind of things they're doing, because they are Marxists and they don't believe in freedom of speech. They don't believe you should have freedom of speech. They're going to decide with their pals and big tech what you can hear and what you can't hear, what you're allowed to talk about, what you're not allowed to talk about. They're going to decide. It's, we're entering a very dangerous era in America. This is why so many people are so, so concerned.
I want to turn and talk about um, this whole impeachment uh, effort underway in Washington. And to do that, um, you know, I, I captioned this, impeachment is unrelated to riot. Uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi is trying to say that she had to launch this impeachment effort because the riots in the Capitol last Wednesday, January 6th, were directly and intentionally incited by President Trump. This is hogwash. This is hogwash. This is a lie. But I'm getting at telling you, we're going to talk about all of this in this segment. But the reason Nancy Pelosi is doing this is because she wants to have a second impeachment, you know, under uh, under Donald Trump's name forever uh, throughout history. You know, the only president impeached twice. Uh, you know, she she would probably try to move the whole thing to Senate and vote for removal. She may not have time logistically, but this is Nancy Pelosi, a pure 100 percent political stunt. This is impeachment effort is a political stunt. It is she's capped. She's jumping on the fact that there were riots last January and uh, last Wednesday, January 6th. And they were bad. I mean, people smashed windows. They uh, broke things inside the Capitol. Someone took uh, walked around with her lectern, I think, with her laptop. T terrible behavior. Everybody who engaged in that should be, if they can figure out who they are, arrested and prosecuted. Everybody, especially people smashing windows, breaking things, uh, all, and there have been people arrested. But I'm saying to you, and I mean it, it is a stunt to engage in impeachment because Nancy Pelosi knows just as well as pretty much everyone in Washington knows that those, that violent behavior at the Capitol was in large part instigated and fomented by the radical left Antifa organization and other similar anti-American fascist communistic organizations. Those people got things stirred up. I am not saying there weren't any Trump people involved. There probably were. In fact, I know there were Trump supporters who since been arrested. I say anyone who committed crimes, broke windows, smashed things, you know, did, the, did all the kind of violence and destruction that is unacceptable. All of them should be prosecuted. But Nancy Pelosi knows as well as everyone else in America that the riot was largely pushed by the left, by the mob, not by President Trump. President Trump was not responsible for it, should not be held responsible for it. She knows this, and but this is she sees it as an opportunity to further harm not just Trump, but to further demoralize Trump supporters. So this is what she's really doing. But now I want to go back to and talk about what President Trump said at the close of the rally. So he spoke last January 6th in Washington, um, and it was obviously recorded. I want to ask Matt and one of them to play a short segment from the Trump rally, what Trump said, what he actually said about heading over to the Capitol. So we have that clip, I think. Matt All of us here today do not want to see our election victory stolen by emboldened radical left Democrats, which is what they're doing, and stolen by the fake news media. That's what they've done and what they're doing. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. You don't concede when there's theft involved. <clears throat> Our country has had enough. We will not take it anymore. And that's what this is all about. And to use a favorite term that all of you people really came up with, we will stop the steal. We have come to demand that Congress do the right thing and only count the electors who have been lawfully slated, lawfully slated. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Today, we will 
see whether Republicans stand strong for integrity of our elections, but whether or not they stand strong for our country. Our country. Our country has been under siege for a long time. I got to tell you, folks, that's what he said peacefully. And I want to just place the context for you. I am not excusing anyone who committed violence, smashed windows, stole things, destroyed property. I'm not defending any of them. But back on, and, and they sh- as I said, I'm not going to say it any more times. Whoever you are, if you're an Antifa person who was obviously, there were, uh, there's already been eyewitness discussion. Antifa arrived on the scene. They were led in by, apparently led in by the Capitol Police. All sorts of behavior. Antifa was on the ground in Washington on this January 6th day. But let me just set the context. So January 6th was the day last week when the Congress, by as required by the Constitution, receives the electoral votes that came from all the states, came from the Electoral College, and they decide whether to certify or not certify them. So if you are someone who's paid attention and you recognize how much corruption there was in this 2020 election cycle, and you're sitting there listening to Trump, you know, you're, you, I mean, you're there because you're hoping to put pressure on Congress, to put pressure on Congress to do the right thing to refuse to certify fraudulent electors, to send this, send this question back to the states of who the fraudulent elector, of, you know, in, in fact, there were over 100 legislators that asked, over 100 state legislators asked Congress, please send this back to us. We wanna try to fix it. The six states, especially in question, all of them had reasons that, that at the time they certified the election, they didn't know enough or they or didn't know anything about the fraud, but by this point they do. So there was great hope that President, Vice President um, Pence would send back the electors to some of those states or that Congress would refuse to certify them. And literally people, I want you to put yourself in the mindset because this is still where 75 million or so Americans are, the ones who voted for Trump. They know the election was stolen and this is their last they, as they know of, last legal way, legal stand, the way they can take a stand and go up to Congress and use their presence in Washington to put pressure on Congress to say, don't you dare certify a fraudulent election. That's why the people were there. They're there to support Trump and you know, clap and cheer him on, but they're there to put pressure on Congress to say, don't you dare certify a fraudulent election. That's why they were there. And why Antifa was there and other left-wing organizations was in part to be a counter to the Trump supporters, but also they were there to infiltrate the Trump crowds, to dress like Trump supporters, so people would attribute their actions to the Trump supporters. So this was the scene on January 6th in Washington, as you know, ended in great violence. Uh, and, and to be really clear, the one person who was killed by gunfire was... A, a, a veteran, a woman veteran who served four, four tours of duty, 13-year veteran, a woman unarmed, shot by a Capitol Hill police officer. So, I mean, that violence is not at the hands of you know, either Antifa or the Trump protesters, uh, Trump supporters. That's at the hand of the Capitol Police. And, and I really hope, they, I, they believe, they say they're investigating. I hope that there is some charge brought against that person opening fire on an unarmed woman seems a little crazy but back to what happened that day it was chaotic but the idea that nancy pelosi seizing on it as an opportunity to bring about this the next trump impeachment is pure 
political stunt. It is, and she's not doing it because she really wants to show America how much they don't like what happened at the Capitol. She's doing it because she thinks she can further harm Trump's legacy. She can further uh, tell the American people, if you supported Trump, you know, he's a bad guy. And this is why, and this is why they're doing it. I wanted to show you something. And I, I say this because you could do a lot of other things as your Nancy Pelosi. You could condemn the rioters. You could call for, and she has called for the firing of various people who should have kept the crowds under control and didn't and they have either resigned or been fired she she could do those things she could call for the condemnation of the people who had um, who committed uh, broke the windows smashed and all that she could demand investigation she could say I want it I want you know a speedy investigation I want these people brought up and I mean you could do a lot of things to push the prosecution of the wrongdoers there's absolutely no reason for her to be pushing impeachment as a result of the riots. And by the way, I can tell you, there was a polling, uh, even in a, a liberal pollster, um, this is Harris and Hill, the Hill-Harris poll, so there, it's liberals doing the polling. Even they found the majority of Americans blame the violence at the Capitol on the mob, not on Trump. And inside, who incited, yeah, thank you very much, Matt. Yeah, that's it. Uh, they wanna blame, this is the Hill-Harris poll that say these are leftists doing this poll. And 55%, they, they blame mostly the mob, um, and 45% and, and, uh, say it was incited by Trump. And I gotta tell you, if you, read, if you continue seeing all these headlines, I'm the left has had a field day trying to blame Trump. I'm just saying it's wrong to blame Trump for what happened. He said peacefully. And yes, he's wound up, as are millions of Americans, because they're watching the election stolen and it's finally dawning on them, nobody is going to stand up for them. This is part of what is so, so why there continues to be the level of outrage and frustration and it's not going to go away among Trump voters is because they realize the state legislatures won't stand up for them, the state courts won't stand up for them, the federal courts won't stand up for them, the Supreme Court won't stand up for them, the FBI, the DOJ will not investigate, will not look into it, the Supreme Court won't look into it, and now Congress. What the American voters being told is Nobody cares. No one with any power or authority in this country cares that the election was stolen. No one cares that Trump won and Biden lost, but what we're gonna to have to accept for four years is that Biden becomes president. This is why there's so much anger. So Pelosi, grotesquely out of line to be turning this into a political stunt, but you know, she is doing that. She's, um, and she's actually on, on, down this path of talking about whether or not the House that has a very slim Democrat majority should be able to expel GOP House members who would not go along with the, uh, the fraudulent electoral college votes. And just in, by way of contrast, um, in the state of Wisconsin, if you think these things uh, don't happen other places, state of Wisconsin, there's a picture I sent Matt the Wonderful back in 2011 when there was a, uh, I don't even know what the issue was, I don't remember what the issue was. Look at these people. This is a protest inside Wisconsin. That top right picture and bottom right and bottom left. There were 100,000 people who occupied the Wisconsin Capitol. And I say that not because I think that it's a great idea, but that this is the kind of thing people do when they are trying to make a point to their legislators. They are trying to make a point to get inside the Capitol to say, we are here to protest. A similar one, 
similar to Wisconsin. So in back in uh, when we had the, and I refuse to call it the Women's March, it's the I Hate America March by people who happen to be women, the Women I Hate America March that, you know, we just got on Trump's case right away. But when they were in Washington marching in 2018, they were marching as, as part of actually the anti-Kavanaugh proceedings, you know, when they were trying to prevent Kavanaugh from being confirmed in the Supreme Court, they actually put out on their own, on their own uh, media, we were planning to shut down the Capitol building, but the authorities were so scared of this women's wave, hashtag, that they shut it down for us. 1,000 women. 1,000 women and survivors and allies have gathered in the Hart Senate building, every hallway, every floor. Please understand the tactic of going inside a building, even a government building, which by the way, in the Portland riots, they were, uh, they were trying to lob bombs into courthouses. They were taking over police stations. The idea that a mob who is out of control and angry gets inside some federal or state facility. It's not a great thing. It has happened in America over and over and over. Over this past summer, the violent mobs in this country, in cities all over the country, got inside police stations, took over police stations, occupied a whole area of cities. None of that justified impeaching anybody because all of that served the interests of the Democrat left, the Marxist uh, movement in this country. All that violence helped the Marxist movement and therefore all of that violence was tolerated. Nobody talks about doing anything about it, but you have Antifa marchers and some Trump people in the Capitol and this is yet another ground to impeach Trump. I mean, it is so absurd, so offensive, so obnoxious, so unjustified. And I really, I mean, I'm, I realize I'm kind of, you know, past wishful thinking on this. I really wish there'd be some Democrats in the House who could find the backbone and the integrity to say, you can't impeach a president over a riot. I mean, he's going to be out of office in 10 days. You're going to impeach him over a riot when, when we, the Democrats, have instigated, fomented, benefited from, legitimized violence in the streets of America for an entire year. And you have one time that the, the, some portion of the rioters were, and I, I continue to believe it's a small portion of those rioters, got into the Capitol, engaged in violence, and that's basis to impeach. It, makes, it, it just makes a mockery of the entire seriousness of what impeachment is supposed to be. It's a political stunt, and I just pray that some Democrat members of Congress will say to Pelosi in private, are you freaking crazy? Are you crazy? This is not an impeachable offense. It's outrageous. And yes, I know Chris Christie said it was impeachable, but that's because he's out of it. He is so jealous of Trump's success, uh, you know, angry that he didn't, couldn't make it any further in the Trump administration, couldn't make it any further in his bid for president. So he's making idiotic statements out there. I mean, you know, the world is full of idiotic statements. That's why we have a First Amendment. You're allowed to do them. But this whole thing, to wrap up this segment of the show, I really want to encourage you to recognize how outrageous it is that Nancy Pelosi and her Democrat team of Marxists would be trying to impeach Trump over conduct that he did not engage in himself. He told the marchers, peaceful, we're going to go over there peacefully, and that they, the Democrat Party, have been fomenting violence in America for a year, and somehow... Because the Trump, one Trump rally finally has 
apparently some people engaging in violence and that's enough to impeach the president. I mean, it's, the, it, it's so outrageous, it's so bad, it is so offensive, and it makes a mockery of the seriousness of our Constitution, of what the, the idea of impeachment is. It is, it is unspeakably um, un obnoxious and unjustified. And by the way, one more quick clip to remind you how much uh, Democrats regularly are okay with violence. I want to ask Matt DeWarnford to play. This is the Baltimore mayor. Uh, I think it was 2015, back in the time they were having riots destroying property, smashing cars, burning cars, far more uh, detrimental, far more dangerous than what's happened in the Capitol. And hear what this mayor had to say. I've made it very clear that I uh, worked with the police and instructed them to do everything that they could to make sure that the protesters were able to exercise their uh, right to free speech. Um, it's a very delicate balancing act because while we uh, tried to make sure that they were protected from the cars and the other you know, things that were going on. Um, we also gave those who wished to destroy space to do that as well. Okay, and you recognize, of course, these people who are rioting in Baltimore and riots happening all over the country. Uh, they're actually destroying private property, burning police cars. I mean, and the, the whole, I didn't look it up, but I should for this week. All of the riots we endured in this country, in, this, in the major cities in this country the entire year, I mean, I think it's something like 36 people lost their lives. 36. And, and numerous police officers. And all of this rioting was fine with Nancy Pelosi. All of it was fine with every Democrat in Washington. But let a stolen election uh, come to be allow it, you know, facilitate it to get through Congress and, and the idea that there were some people, and I'm, again, I'm all in favor of prosecuting the ones who committed crimes, whether Antifa or they are Trump supporters or whoever they are. If they committed crimes, you got to prosecute them. But the idea that you would justify impeachment over that is, uh, it just makes her so unserious, so, so uh, disgusting. Uh, deplorable, outrageous, that this is a basis that she would find to say, yeah, let's go ahead and do yet another impeachment. Un she only reason she's doing it is because she maintained a Democrat majority uh, in the House, and she's hoping that the Senate is going to end up humoring her too. I don't know what will happen there, but this is not a disgrace for Donald Trump. It's a disgrace for Nancy Pelosi. One more very, very quick story about where we're headed. I'm going to be doing a lot of this over the, I don't know how long, uh, four years or more, but where the left is headed. You have to understand, when I tell you that the, the, the Marxist movement has taken over the Democrat Party, and it isn't just, I don't mean just, you know, in the last eight years, well, it did a lot in the eight years under Obama, the Marxist mindset has overtaken the Democrat Party. The Marxist notion of, please don't tell me these ridiculous ideas about what freedoms people have. We're in control, we make rules, we're the tyranny, and we're going to do it. That mindset has completely taken over the Democrat Party. It was the fundamental transformation that Barack Obama promised America and started down the path doing in his two terms, we're now at the place where they control everything in Washington. I will be regularly reporting to you the kinds of things they do that are examples of this or that are just examples of the un-American, anti-freedom, anti-free market, anti 
Christianity, anti-religion, anti-American policies and legislative proposals the left will come up with, we are going to be inundated with them. One quick tease for today. So, you remember likely that there was talk at some point about maybe we should have reparations. That even though no one alive today was a slave in America, and no one alive today was a slave owner in America, the Democrats want to use the history of slavery, which ended in 1865. They want to fast forward to the year 2021 or sometime in the next three years. They want to push the idea that because of slavery in 1865, that there should be a massive forced redistribution of wealth, a tax placed on Americans, and that money go directly to African-American citizens in this country, to black American citizens. That is the idea of reparations, that because of your skin color, you're either going to be the one paying the taxes for something you didn't do, or you're gonna be the one receiving and the estimates right now, and there, so the, obviously this bill is being pushed forward right now is why I'm telling you about it. The, the range of ideas is uh, each individual black American should receive somewhere between $350,000 to half a million dollars. A massive forced wealth redistribution plan, which is by itself a Marxist idea that the government's purpose ex exists. The purpose of government is to redistribute wealth, to decide who has too much and from whom you should take it away and who you're gonna give it to. It was back on the table. This um, Sheila Jackson Lee has already uh, introduced the um, bill. She's actually calling for exploratory committee on reparations for slavery. So we'll do more on that. I'll tell you more about that, what she's talking about. But I want you to understand, they're not kidding. This is not just, they now have the majority in the House, uh, slim though it is, majority in the Senate, they have the White House. They are seeing this time as a time to inflict every bit of tyranny on America that the left has ever talked about. But we're gonna see coming down the pike, reparations for slavery. So you're gonna pay higher taxes for something you didn't do. So someone who didn't suffer is going to receive money. But we're going to see massive push for the, under the uh, guise of environmental climate change, protecting the environment, massive climate, massive, massive climate-based legislation uh, such as the Green New Deal. We're going to see massive opening of the borders to immigration. There are already migrant uh, caravans on their way back up here. Did you know that? The migrant caravans that finally stopped coming here because President Trump closed the border and said you have to come here legally and you have to make application to become a citizen. Well, the caravans tipped off by somebody on the left, probably many somebodies, are already on their way up here because they know perfectly well that, that under a Biden administration, we're going to reopen the borders. And come on in, everybody. We'll figure out later what your status is. We're going to this country with illegal aliens who are entirely being permitted to come because the Democrats see them as a future Democrat majority voting base. Massive changes in immigration, massive changes in all sorts of things like affirmatively furthering fair housing, which is going to result in all sorts of limitations and regulations and taxes on American homeowners and on people trying to build homes and develop communities. We're going to see what a Marxist America looks like very soon. I'm going to keep track of it for you. I'm going to keep pointing it out because I want you to understand this is what we were all trying to avoid getting to where we are right now. This is what we we're trying to avoid. 
I will never give up on the idea of America. I will never give up on restoring the America, the free America under the, under the promises of the Declaration, the Constitution, the ideas of rights from God because you were born, extending to every single citizen in this country. I will never give up on that, but we are in a different place today, a very different place today than we were you know, in October, before the elections of 2020, we're in a very different place where we're going to watch tyranny on steroids. I'll be happy to talk to you about it. Again, if you're just tuning in or tuning into this portion of the show, I want to remind you, if you're listening to this on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, any of the social media giants that are repressing speech, I urge you to remember to go to my website, you can, you can watch a show on my website, you can get all our blog posts and everything there, americacanwetalk.org, and go to Rumble, R-U-M-B-L-E, Rumble, rumble.com, sign up, get, get an account there, follow my show there, make that migration before we get shut down, because it's, it's coming. I mean, not just this show, but the whole, the whole um, tyrannical shutting down speech shutting down the freedom of Americans to communicate with each other, the most fundamental right we have in this country, this precious right, we are being, we are headed right there right now at losing those speech, those speech rights, not just freedom of speech, that's the beginning of freedom of religion, freedom of assembly. We're headed to very dark days. I will be here talking about it because I love this country and I will not shut up. At the end of every show, I tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So I started out today's show uh, talking about America repression. American repression begins Capitol Hill rioting exploited as a pretext for massive leftist attacks and retaliation. Proposed impeachment of Trump over actions of the Antifa mob. Proposed expulsion of House members um, who voted to contest electors. Simon & Schuster cancels Josh Hawley's book, which uh, ironically was about corporate fascism. Google and Amazon combined to take down Parler. Americans are sensing a dangerous, dangerous turn toward totalitarian rule, toward government by edict, combined with absolute silencing of opposition, just like in Iran and North Korea. There is no possibility whatsoever that a majority of the American people support this turn toward totalitarianism. Schumer and Pelosi need to wake up and dial it down. And Parler can be resurrected. Existing civil rights laws require public accommodations to stop illegal discrimination. No one thinks a private restaurant can legally refuse service on the basis of race or gender or all the other categories. Ban on discrimination must include a ban on viewpoint discrimination. No one can be refused service for their political views or else the First Amendment is gone. Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook are not government institutions, but they can be thought of as modern public communications accommodations with near monopoly power. Civil rights laws and antitrust laws must be amended, then enforced to stop the censorship. Freedom of thought is fundamental to freedom in life. Viewpoint discrimination must be legally protected. And impeachment is unrelated to riots. Trump's words to his January 6th supporters are on video peacefully protest. Even a liberal poll shows 55% of Americans blame the mob, not Trump, for Capitol Hill. Anyone, whether Trump supporter or Antifa member or corrupt cop who committed violence against persons or property must be prosecuted and punished. But Americans saw election officials watch a 2020 summer filled with riots that were honored, encouraged, and rationalized when favorable to an anti-Trump narrative. 
and then were the subject of outrage when riots were unfavorable to Trump. Americans see the hypocrisy. A succession of institutions saying that nothing can be done about a stolen election. Americans are understandably on edge and angry. Suppression will never be a solution. Impeachment cannot possibly be a unifier. And finally, where the left is headed, already on the table from Biden, more economic stimulus, meaning huge taxes, huge government debt. Immigration U-turn, reparations for slavery, the only argument Pravda has ever had for Biden's election win was that hate Trump was a bigger, more powerful movement than anyone understood. No one has made the argument that 80 million Americans voted for what is now emerging as Biden's agenda. This is a dangerous political disconnect and neither propaganda nor censorship will reconnect it. And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to America Can We Talk every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time. I do this show because I love this country. I want to defend it and want for my grandchildren's grandchildren's grandchildren. I don't even have grandchildren, but if I did, generations ahead, I want all of them to have the same freedoms that we have lived in in our time. I want to stop the impending tyranny. I want Americans to recognize the tyranny for what it is and encourage everyone to speak up and stand up for America. I'm Debbie Georgiatis, and this is America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. America, can we talk truth about America? Can you hear-